living in the shadows with a group of friends who encouraged me to live a life that wasn't pleasing the Lord. I was engaging in the wrong things with no example of what a better life looked like. My life was shallow, but God wanted to take me deeper. Before real life, I was quiet and lonely. I felt like my life was at a standstill. I was constantly going through the motions of my everyday routine. I wanted something more. My life was shallow, but God wanted to take me deeper. Before real life, I wasn't engaged in the right community. I wasn't living right according to God. I was always looking for a group of people that I could be myself in. And I love singing and playing guitar, but the only time I could ever do that was by myself because I didn't have a group of people who enjoyed doing the same things as me. So my life was shallow, but God wanted to take me deeper. I came to real life and was welcomed by a genuine group of people who became my family and an example of a better life. These people listened to my story with grace in their hearts more than I thought that I deserved. I was held accountable and sought after by these people and they called me into something higher. My life was shallow, but God wanted to take me deeper. I was welcomed with open arms at real life. They could see something in me that I couldn't see in myself. I was truly accepted for being who God made me to be not who I thought I was. I started to enjoy the new life I had found through Jesus. My life was shallow, but God wanted to take me deeper. After I found out about real life, I was immediately plugged in with worship. The leaders here saw something in, my, in myself that I didn't. I engaged in Christian community and I doubled the size of my friends. And not only were they my friends, but they quickly became my family. They were always there for me when I needed them most. And my life was shallow, but God wanted to take me deeper. I am now confident in who the Lord wants me to be. By engaging in this community, I found a home and a family, a group that encourages me to be the best me that I can be and to live a life that pleases the Lord. My life was shallow, but God wanted to take me deeper. My life hasn't been the same since I've been here. I've engaged in a new atmosphere that has brought a new meaning to my life. The family that I was added to has forever changed me. My life was shallow, but God wanted to take me deeper. I am only here now because of real life. They supported me in all of my actions. They gave me a place to call home when I wasn't home and they challenged me to take my life with Christ to the next level. And because of real life, I was able to engage in the right community. Our lives were shallow, but God challenged us to go deeper. Thank you. Come on, real life. Come on, y'all can do better than that. Give it up, real life. Love you guys. We've got a couple housekeeping things. We've got a couple cell phones that were left at the front. Miss Pastor Dakota is right there. He's got cell phones after service. And we've got a bunch of people like kind of moving around outside of the sanctuary. So if we could focus and not leave, unless it's an emergency, that would be awesome. I love you so very much. I love you real life. Yeah, who's ready for God's word tonight? It's 3D week two, and tonight, man, what a powerful expression of how a community of believers can change someone's life. Man, that was their own words. That was their own story. I am so proud of Jules, SJ, and Jonah. They have become incredible men and women of God with passion for God because, not because of a pastor, not because of a uh, a stage or a platform, but because of a community of believers that believed in them, trusted in them, placed love into them, and accepted them for who they were and helped them become who God wanted them to be. Amen. That's what God wants to do in all of our lives, I believe, with all of my heart. When I think about how to add depth 
to a shallow life and the core values of who we are here at Real Life Student Ministries, the truth, this truth comes to my mind. A key to not living a shallow life is to be intentionally connected and engaged in Christian community. A key to not living a shallow life is being connected and engaged in Christian community. I'm going to ask my boy Wesley to come and play the guitar for me. We're going to get some, some Holy Spirit in this preaching. Amen. Y'all ready for this? Tonight, I've got a simple message, but it's profound at the same time. It's, it will change your life if you listen to it. I promise you. So give me the next few moments of your attention, and I promise you it can change you forever. See, you'll become a product of the people you surround your life with. You will become a product of the people you surround your life with. I've realized that everything that I attempt to do in my own strength, in, in my own personal life, everything I try to do by myself or on my own always has surface results. Like anything I try to do in my own strength or in my own power, man, it's so surface. The results aren't good. It's not like a, a depth. There's no depth, no meaning, no supernatural flows through when I try to do things in my own strength. Most of the time when I try to do things on my own, I mess things up if I try to do it by myself. If, and, and that's the same for all of us if we're honest. But what I do with others and what I do connecting with a group of people, man, that's what brings energy. That what, that's what brings life. That's what brings significance to this life is what I do with others. Man, when I was in high school, I played team sports. Any athletes in the house tonight? Basketball was my sport. Ball is life. Holla. Um, but what I realized very quickly playing team sports is when you try to showboat or show off or, or be the one who's going to lead the charge and I'm taking over because we're losing and I'm just going to do whatever I can to win this game on my own. Man, I recognized very quickly playing team sports that when I did that, our team lost. When I tried to do it on my own, our team lost. And I, w I wasn't a very good tennis player, but, but a lot of my friends joined the tennis team my senior year, and so I, I said, let's do this. And so I, I knew that if I tried to play tennis on my own, I wouldn't really succeed, and so I got a partner, and we played doubles. And so on my own, I wasn't a good tennis player, but with my partner, man, we went undefeated to the region tournament. It was an incredible experience, and I realized through that experience that on my own I could do something, but it wasn't very important. But when I partnered with people, man, I could do something powerful. And that's the same for your life tonight. I've got an encouraging word for somebody in this place tonight. I hope you're ready to be encouraged tonight. Man, y'all, I wouldn't be half the man. This is just to testify. I wouldn't be half the man I am today if it weren't for my wife, Jubilee. There is no other person on the face of this planet who has pushed me to be more godly. There's no other person on this planet who has pushed me to be more like Jesus, who's held me accountable, who's loved me through difficulty. Man, she knows my business. She knows me more than anyone else, but she loves me like the love of Jesus. And I promise you, I would not be the same person if I wasn't connected to her. Last year, this ministry, there's, here's an example of what we did corporately. Last year, this ministry raised over $30,000 for Speed Light Missions. Praise God. Y'all remember the mud run? 
hundreds of us, a lot of you in this room served and gave of yourself, gave of your time and energy. We raised like $10,000 for Speed of Light in that one event. It was incredible. You guys helped, and it, it, it wasn't one person giving. It wasn't one person sacrificing. It was everybody coming together. The Bible says it like this. One can take a, a thousand and put them to flight, but two can take 10,000 and make them run. There's power when we come together in unity. Man, working together will always produce greater results than trying to do things on your own real life. I hate how the enemy of our soul is constantly trying to convince you that your personal relationship with Jesus can just stay personal and you don't need anybody else. Because Jesus called you to be in a personal relationship with him so that you could get connected to the vine. He said, I am the vine, you're the branches. If anyone abides in me, man, he'll, he'll bear fruit. Man, the fruit comes when we do things together, not when we're separated and isolated. See, the influence of others is a powerful force. The choice we must all make is if that influence will take us in a positive direction or not. That's the choice we've got to make tonight. Proverbs 13, 20 says it very plainly. It says, he who walks with the wise will grow wise, but the companion of fools will suffer harm. I think all of us want our lives to be something great. I think all of us in this room want to be known. I think all of us in this room want to make a significant impact in this world. And I believe you're going to because I believe you're called to change the world real life. I want to challenge you tonight that you will never be known for the places you try to get on your own. You'll never be known for the places you try to get on your own. Man, your, your accomplishments won't be celebrated if you try to accomplish them by yourself. Man, because what's done on your own, man, it's not as celebrated as when you do it together, man. There's synergy. Man, stuff goes viral on the internet because a group of people get behind it, right? It's not because one person likes something. It's because thousands of people like it, right? Can I get an amen? Each of us are called by God to change this world, but you cannot change the world without people surrounding your life. You can't change the world on your own. The people around you will make or break whether or not you're going to change the world for the better, real life. Don't get me wrong. I believe that each and every one of you have personal and individual gifts that God has given you. There's talents in you. Man, I believe that this is the coolest group of young people on the face of this planet. I believe that, man, you have something special about you, and so you make real life special. Your contribution, your individuality, your influence is important. But you will never be known for the accomplishments you try to achieve on your own. Great things will flow through your gifts and talents, but that's only surface living. Man, your gifts and talents, that's, that's great. It's going to get you some accolades, but man, that's surface. Lasting greatness that will be talked about after you're gone is realized through the people that you surround your life with. At Real Life, we believe that living deeply means engaging in Christian community. That's what it means to live deeply, is to engage. The more you engage, the more your life will benefit. Here's the example, man. If you really engage in the community we have here, 
Man, if you really invest on what's called Real Life Sundays, man, you'll come not just on Wednesday night, but you really start to engage in the community and build relationships with the amazing students that are in this room. You get yourself here on Sunday morning, and you'll get to Real Life Sundays, and you'll be able to engage God's Word and communicate and talk and discuss and talk about what you believe and how it applies to you. And not only will you get the chance to do that on Sunday morning, but you'll get to hear one of the most incredible pastors of over 45 years of ministry experience, Dennis Lacey. Man, there's so much more if you'll just start engaging. And another way that you can engage is in fine arts. Man, fine arts is going to, we just finished nationals, but we're going to start back soon, I promise. Because fine arts is going to help you discover gifts and talents that you never realized were there and you're going to develop them and God's going to deploy you to change other people's lives. That's what engaging in this community sounds like at a deep level, not just the surface. Man, if you, we're doing tribes completely different next month. It's going to be awesome, man. We're going to have some house parties, and it's going to be awesome, man. We're going to have some incredible God experiences at people's homes. And I promise you, if you engage in real-life tribes that are kicking off in September, you'll have a family that will support you, a family that will encourage you, a family that will lift you up and pray for you, and a family that will party with you. Can I get an amen? But it takes engaging in that community. You can't just live surface. you got to engage. See, engaging in Christian community does not make a Christian lifestyle automatic or easy, but it makes it possible. Man, it makes it possible. Tonight, we're looking at a group of young leaders who wanted to live right in a hostile environment. How many of y'all know school is hard? It's hostile. You got temptations left and right. You got people trying to pull you into parties you know you're not supposed to be at. You got guys chasing after you, ladies. You need to kick him to the curb. Can I get an amen? Don't give it. Your name is no. Your number is no. You need to let. Okay, sorry. I apologize. But we live in a hostile environment so we can relate with these young men. They realized... These young men realized that they would not be successful without doing life together. They were in exile under the rule of a foreign king in Babylon. Their names were Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And in Daniel chapter 3, it starts like this, and the story goes, basically the king has decreed that he's built this statue of gold, and he said, as soon as the music starts playing, everybody better bow down or else I'm throwing you in the furnace. You're burning up. It's crazy. I know. King's crazy. Thank God we live in the land of the free. But Daniel chapter 3, verse 10, it says, Your majesty has issued a decree that everyone who hears the sound of the horn, flute, zither, zither, lyre, harp, pipe, and all kinds of music must fall down and worship the image of gold that... Whoever does not fall down in worship will be thrown into a blazing furnace. But there were three, there were some Jews whom you have set over the affairs of the province of Babylon, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, who pay no attention to you, your majesty. They neither serve your gods nor worship the image of gold that you have set up. What would happen if a generation would stand up and say, I'm not going to worship your idols. I'm not going to worship your images. I'm only going to worship the one true God. That's Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. What would happen? Furious with rage, Nebuchadnezzar summoned Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. These men were brought before the king. 
See, when we stand together real life for what's right, I promise you it's going to anger the darkness that's around us. When we stand together, it's not going to make life simple or perfect or easy, but it is going to make a Christian lifestyle possible like I just said. But when we gather together and we rally around God's word and we start trying to live this out by faith together and hold one another accountable, it's going to make the gates of hell angry. But, I've, but the fact remains, real life, engaging in Christian community empowers us to maintain our convictions when we are tempted to give in to the pressures and temptations of this world. Man, it is connecting with a community that really gives us the strength when we feel weak. It's connecting with a community, man, that when we feel like we can't do this anymore, we can watch and see across the room, man, she is going after God with all of her heart, and I know what she's going through, so I might as well just raise my hands too, because what I'm going through is not even close to what she's going through. Something happens. See, I'm convinced, this is what I want everyone in this room to hear so clearly, listen, I'm convinced that those who do conform to the patterns of this world, those who do live a surface lifestyle, those who do regularly give in to the many temptations that surround us on a daily basis, those people are not necessarily bad people. Man, if you're that person and even today you gave in to the worst of the worst sin, man, I know that you're not a bad person. I believe one of two things is happening in your life if that's you. If you consistently find yourself failing in areas that you want to have victory in, I think one of two things is happening in real life. You're probably engaged in the wrong community and being influenced by negative influences. That's one. It doesn't make you a bad person. It means you're running with the wrong crowd because you will become a product of the people you surround your life with. So that's the first it's not an excuse, though, because you know the direction people are pointing their lives, and you're aligning yourself with them. So you got to be intentional of what community you're going to connect with. 1 Corinthians 15.33 says, don't be deceived. Bad company corrupts good character. Man, you are a good person, and you're running with the wrong people. So let your heart shine. Let your goodness come out. Let let the things that God has created you to do and the things God has created you to be, let that be a light that comes out of you by connecting yourself and engaging in Christian community here at Real Life. Man, the second thing, man, you, you're not a bad person. You're just doing some, some things. You're, you're having a hard time holding on to your convictions. I think the second thing is this. The first, you're running with the wrong crowd. The second is this. You have no community and you feel so alone. You feel alone in the battle and you feel no strength supporting you to make the right choices. So because you have no community, you, you do the things that will at least give you temporary pleasure. It doesn't make you a bad person. But I'm here tonight to tell someone if you're lonely, God wants you to connect with this community. If you have no family, let me be your spiritual father. Let Jubilee be your spiritual mother. Let the leaders of this group come and be your accountability partners who lift you up when you feel down. Man, if you don't have anybody, you have somebody tonight. If that's you, I want to encourage you to engage in this Christian community at Real Life. If the community we are engaged in is not causing us to grow, it's causing us to slowly die. Man, these guys that we're reading about in God's word, they had history with one another. They were squad. 
<laughs> These guys, they, they, they had a surface level test in Daniel chapter 1, two chapters before, and they refused it. The story goes they, they were offered all the food of the king's table, and they refused to eat because together they realized that just because everyone had access to the table didn't mean everyone should partake. That's a lesson in and of itself. Just because we all have access doesn't mean we should participate. And the test resulted them abstaining and saying, I won't defile myself together. They did it together. They weren't separate. They weren't lone rangers, but they said together, we're not going to defile ourselves. And because of that, their test resulted them in becoming 10 times better than everyone else. They grew because of the camaraderie, because of the partnership. And the story we're reading tonight, this was their second test. And, and this was more serious because it was more than just surface. This test was to refuse the king's worship. This test was a test of their convictions. And I believe because they were together, because they were unified, because they were engaging in Christian community with one another, that's why they passed the more important test. That's why their life got deep and that's why they refused to live a shallow life. The story continues in verse 16. It says, Shadrach, Meshach, and I love this. They replied to the king, and they said, King Nebuchadnezzar, we don't need to defend ourselves. I, they're just like so cool, calm, and collected. We don't need to defend ourselves before you in this matter. If we're thrown into the blazing furnace, the God we serve is able to deliver us from it, and he will deliver us from your majesty's hand. But even if he does not, man, we want you to know, your majesty, that we will not serve your gods nor worship the image of gold that you have set up. I want to encourage every person in this room tonight Oh, this is such a good point. Your environment won't be able to defeat you if you surround yourself with the right community. Some of us have hard knock lives. Some of us have an environment that's not fair. Some of you don't have no money, you po. Some of you don't have the benefits that others do in your jelly. I know, it's not fair. Life is hard. But don't let your environment be the excuse to your compromise. Because if you were involved with the right community, it doesn't matter. These fools were in prison, forced to worship. They were, they were being told, if you don't bow down and worship, we're throwing you in a pit of fire. Tell me that's not a terrible environment to live in. But your environment won't be able to defeat you if you surround yourself with the right community real life. Somebody needs to praise the Lord for that. Hallelujah. I'm here to encourage somebody, you can stand firm. You can stand firm in a terrible environment if you're standing with the right people. I'm sure these three men were confused and probably nervous to see what God was going to do in their situation. But they were not able, they weren't alone in the trial. I'm sure they were grateful to have each other. I want to encourage someone in this room, if your circumstances aren't going to change in your life, you can still be better because the people you choose to be around. Just because your circumstances aren't changing, you can change who you surround yourself with. And that will encourage you. Who you surround your life with may seem like a small thing, but it will determine whether or not your life is remembered for greatness. And their refusal, needless to say, ticked the king off. The scripture says that 
when they told the king that remark, man, you can do what you want, but our God will sustain us. Man, it said the countenance of the king's face changed. It's like whenever your mama finds out you did something, right? And you walk in the door and you're like all happy and nice and, hey, mom. And she gives you that look. You know that look. You're about to get whooped. It doesn't matter. You're 17 years young. She is going to whoop your tail. Because the, the facial expression, that's what I imagine. The scripture says the, the countenance on the king's face shifted. And he said this. It says in verse 22, the king's command was so urgent and the furnace was so hot that the flames of the fire killed the soldiers. I'm going to invite the band to come. The flames of the fire killed the soldiers who took up Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And these three men, firmly tied, fell into the blazing furnace. But here's what happened. King Nebuchadnezzar leaped to his feet in amazement and asked his advisors, Hey, uh, weren't there three men that we tied up and threw into the fire? And they replied, Certainly, your majesty. He said, Look, I see four men walking around in the fire, unbound and unharmed, and the fourth looks like the Son of God's. Nebuchadnezzar then approached the opening of the blazing furnace and shouted, Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego, servants of the Most High God, come out, come here. So Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego came out of the fire. I've come to encourage somebody in this room tonight. You may feel like you're in the fire tonight, but God can call you out. God will be with you. Man, some of us in this room may be in a fire. Many of us in this room are facing hellish circumstances. I'm sure some of us feel trapped. But I'm here tonight to help you see the way you get out of the fire is engaging yourself in the middle of Christian community. Man, the way you get out of your problem is by diving headfirst into the community that God has blessed us with here at Real Life. Man, you can be set free. Man, Jesus said it in Matthew 18, verse 20. For where two or three are gathered in my name, there I am with them. And that's exactly what happened in the fiery furnace. I'm going to invite you to stand to your feet.